Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. It is episode number 44 of For Future Considerations. Welcome to the podcast. My name is Manny Pava, along with Matt Dumichel and John Rashad. We bring you some of the greatest sports talk that you will hear on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, uh, on the streets oh. of Markdale and Windsor. Any any patio now. <laughs> yes. Anything. I'm telling you. Yeah. You put up a, us against anybody and we'll easily finish second. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, how you doing, big guy? Good. How are you? Good. John, how you doing? Good, good. Yeah, great. Happy Father's Day weekend, three days later. But uh Hope you had a good Father's Day weekend. It was it was excellent. I was I was spoiled. I got a, a few nice little trinkets and, and gifts from the kids, and uh, and they were very well behaved. They actually played by themselves for a little bit and didn't beat the hell out of each other. Whoa. So that's a, the gift that keeps on giving. That's a present in itself. That right? is that is. John, you got anything from Bruno? I uh, know, but I rolled out of bed about noon on Sunday and thought, look at those two suckers. They've been up with their kids for about four hours already. <laughs> Yeah, that's tr- pretty true, actually. <laughs> yeah, are you kidding me? We had we had, had breakfast, snack, second snack. I was making lunch. Somebody had a bloody nose by then. <laughs> yeah, I, I had cried already. So yeah, he had he had a pretty good day. <laughs> yeah, this is this has been a big week after uh, Father's Day weekend, and I too got some gifts for the barbecue, which is great. Uh, my oldest is graduating grade eight, so it's been like a crazy. the grade eight grad week not a day of course week a whole celebration well you gotta brag right she's like mensa now right (laughs) yeah she's won a few awards don't let it go to her head like come on (laughs) yeah she won the outstanding academic achievement honor roll french and drama awards i know i've already heard you using against her though (laughs) as you're sitting here (laughs) In the basement. Oh, you can make the honor roll, but you can't put your clothes away, eh? Still can't do the laundry for your mom and I, eh? Uh, she's just, she's taking the whole week off to celebrate. Like, really? Her. Her. French and Drama Awards, eh? And her dad's a Montreal fan. Go figure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Montreal Canadiens fans. Some French drama, you know it. We're all about the drama. Voulez-vous? Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So uh, to all the dads out there, I hope you had a great weekend. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. A lot of people have reached out on social media and through email to let us know what they think of the podcast. And you can do that, too, by sending us an email at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Yeah, check us out uh, as well on uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, podcast, FFC is what you're looking for. And then if you're going on uh, for future considerations on Facebook as well. We're huge in Lisbon right now. Huge in Lisbon. (laughs) As we should. (laughs) And not only do we like your comments, but feel free to send us some questions and topics for the podcast. And we'll read them back on our show. Sounds good. Great to see all the feedback. This is the first of two podcast episodes we release each week. This is our debate format. Later this week on the OT, we will have a special guest. 
So stay tuned for that. And on the show today, we'll talk football, basketball, baseball, hockey, and even some fantasy sports. But right now, let's start with the NHL. Throwing down, Kucherov in front, final point, scores! Eight-game goal streak for Braden Point. Braden Point has now scored in eight straight Stanley Cup playoff games. Only Reggie Leach of the Philadelphia Flyers has more goals. With goals in 10 straight games, the Tampa Bay Lightning now lead the series three games to two. Can the Islanders come back, guys? I mean, yeah, they they can. Uh, I think the most important thing for them is is and you know with Barry Trotz, obviously an outstanding coach and and his career and has faced adversity numerous times throughout uh, his his career as a head coach. I mean, whether you lose eight nothing or one nothing, it's it's still a loss, right? Uh, they do have the benefit of going home, so they will have the chance to play uh, in front of their their home crowd and hold serve and then force a game seven and and then all bets are off. So yeah, I. I don't mind their chances at this point. I think they've played a pretty good series, and I think Tampa Bay came out desperate, and, and I don't think the Islanders played. I, I think that was their worst game of the playoffs, not just this this series of what happened. So uh, it, it all depends on the Islanders shaking that off, and, and uh, first goal is huge, of course. If Tampa Bay gets the first goal, they might be even feeling a little bit better about themselves than they do right now, and, and if the Islanders give up the first goal, as long as you don't get into a, well, here we go again, they should be okay. Yeah, a lot of people are making a big deal about the score eight nothing. Like, in my mind, it was just a write off that game. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that the Islanders are going back home, I think, is a huge advantage for them because the Coliseum has been nuts. Mm-hmm. It has been absolutely nuts yeah. for Islanders games. I still think Tampa Bay is the better team, but uh, just because they won eight nothing in Game Five doesn't mean that they're going to win eight nothing again in Game Six. Can you believe what we? This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest, I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my god. Oh, wow! I actually want to go to our play of the week because that comes from the series, as the majority of you listeners and social media followers picked the game saving save by Ryan Pollock of the Islanders in game four. What comes out to McDonough? Has the game on his skin? Oh! oh! What a block in front by Pollock! The Islanders win game four! That was an unbelievable play yeah like a series changing play of a hundred percent like what a play by mcdonough uh-huh. to spin around and try to get it on net and then pollock makes an even better save to bail at his goal <laughs> no tenor. kidding no that's uh that's a huge play that i'm sure they practice numerous times and and uh Kick save and a beauty on that one. Some tough choices this week. Price on Tuck. Mm-hmm. Iglesias is catching the sun. Yeah. Yankees yeah. triple play. Some pretty good options this to week. To end the game, too. Yeah. The Yankees triple play. That was yeah. pr- That's about as tailor-made as a triple play comes. <laughs> yes. Getting a step once to the right and you're on third base and, and throwing it around the horn. But to end the game in a, in a tight one, that's uh, that's pretty good. That's the one I voted for. What did you guys... You voted for the Yankees? The Chapman one? Okay. I don't. I don't hate it. Who did you vote for? I had the Pollock save. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to pick Price on Tuck, but I had to pick Pollock. Oh, my God. The poll of the week is brought to you by <laughs> Shane Zabolovic of Next Level Athletics, specializing in sport training and nutrition. Just like we're huge in Lisbon, he's huge in Zagreb. <laughs> not North Macedonia? <laughs> no, no. Not there yet. Oh, that's John. I forgot. John's big in North Macedonia. And look for our poll next Monday on our social media accounts. 
We will post the candidates for the top play of the week every Monday at Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. Who knows? There may be another Montreal Canadiens play. But you cannot argue that Price's save on Tuck is not at least one of the options. For sure. Absolutely. Oh, I, I it's don't a great disagree. Save. It was a great save. It was an excellent save. It was the third best play I saw last week. <laughs> <laughs> Second, at least. Second, at least. And that series has turned into a longer series than many had predicted. People are talking about the goaltenders, Carey Price and Robin Leonard and Marc-Andre Fleury. Were you guys surprised that Pete DeBoer went with Leonard in Game 4? I think he's always been looking for an excuse to get Robin Leonard in the series. I don't know what it is with Marc-Andre Fleury and what more this guy has to do, but I think that goal was... At that exact moment, I think Peter DeBoer decided that Robin Lanner was going to be starting the next game, and he was good enough to play, uh, and and was you know outstanding in that game at, at times for sure, and, and got the win and, and did what he had to do. But I, I think they have always been looking to get that that do, that goalie tandem going back and forth, and it's gotten them in trouble before. But it's something that they continue to do. I don't get it, but that was the, uh, the I think that was a very quick decision uh, by Peter DeBoer. I totally agree. I think he's been looking for a spot to put in Leonard. That gaff in game three by Fleury opened the door. And uh, Leonard was the reason Vegas won game four, For especially sure. in that first period. I love it. We talk about what a great goalie he is. Then right on cue in game three, he makes a giant gaff and makes us look like we don't know what we're talking yeah. about. Pierre wow. Maguire did the exact same thing five seconds <laughs> before the goal. He said... Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury's puck handling has been the difference in this game. Uh, it's like a third defenseman. Oh! Uh, <laughs> and then the other thing people are talking about in this series is the officiating. A lot of critical comments have been made about the officiating in Montreal in games three and four. Do you guys think the referees have done a poor job in this series? I think they've been fine. I I, I don't understand that. Go ahead, Manny. I'll let you <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? If you could see my face right now. Honestly, this is a bad look for the NHL, especially when they've just signed two new massive television contracts in the U.S. with ESPN and TNT. They need to make sure they clean this up. It's out of control. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Game three, you miss... The high stick in overtime on Corey Perry, who's bleeding profusely. Yeah. He needs 12 stitches on his nose. And then in game four, um, Weber uh, and Nosek mm-hmm. basically have a sparring match yeah. before they send both off. Like the fact that Weber got hit from behind into the boards should have been a call. It didn't get called. Mm-hmm. So he whacks him and they both go off. And you're trying to tell me the very first penalty afterwards is Suzuki putting his stick yes. on somebody's gloves? Yeah. yeah. That's the first penalty you call when people have been boarded, cross-checked, slashed, punched in the face. Like moments later, Suzuki got punched in the face by McNabb. No penalty Nothing. whatsoever. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it bothers me as a fan. Like I, I, even if it's against my team. That you're letting this go because as a as a really 
big hockey fan, I think it's hurting the game. Yeah, and and I th- I think you're right in, in to that extent. And the NHL has to do some soul searching here, is trying to figure out what they're trying to be. Like if you want them running around like buffoons and and this and that and like turning it into WWE on skates and and all of that. You know, the game has become such a speed game, such a a skill game. We've kind of gotten rid of the big hulking defensemen, the Chris Prongers and Scott Stevens and, and those guys of the world. And now it's the little guys that are just doing that chippy shit that are just swinging their sticks around. You know, the the instant decision or the instant move when uh, two guys combat each other is both sticks go up right into the face. You know, that's the way that guys are protecting each other. So yeah, you know, I you got to call the slashes. You've got to call the hooks. You've got to take care of all that stuff that limits what players are trying to do on the ice. But you got to get rid of the stuff or at least have some sort of standard and and the standard being the standard and, and just, you know, stay with the course because, I mean, for now you're looking at you know, reviewing some some penalty calls like they do in the NBA where you can challenge whether there's a penalty or not, which I think is absolutely asinine. Yeah, you, know, you can't do that. It ruins the about, flow of hockey. Hockey's so fast. Yeah, you're, you're looking at, you know, adding another referee. No, like, you can't how do are that. We, how are we missing these things during a game? And then even afterwards, I get, hey, there's no penalty on the play. And this is something that we've seen a lot and we've had a lot of that conversation afterwards when when everybody's able to settle down when George Peros and his team are able to watch something back I don't understand the disconnect between yeah there was no penalty on the play because the ref missed it but we've all seen it now and we don't want that in the game and you're now missing game whatever it is you got a two-game suspension oh there was no penalty on the play I don't care you still did this. It got missed. Human error, whatever you want to call it. We can't have this in the game. Here's your suspension. Thank you very much. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. But you say that that's that conversation's always brought into it, right? Oh, he got a five minute for boarding. Oh, that's that's going to be a that's going to be a suspension for sure. Well, if they don't call the boarding, he still boarded the guy enough right. to cause injury. So why can't afterwards we go back and say, you know what, that should have been called. That should have been five minutes, and that would be a two game suspension and, and on your way. And I think the league needs to crack down more on the boarding. Like I've seen boarding, cross checking. Players been plastered against the boards, mm-hmm. checked from behind. They're, the other player is looking at their number, and still they flatten them against the boards, and it's not being called. I think that's more dangerous than you know a slash or mm-hmm. uh, somebody trying to huck you up the ice or whatever. Uh, punching in the face. Like I don't mind a hard playoff game, but those are true infractions that you cannot let go. John, what do you think? I'm amazed someone hasn't been seriously injured. I'm amazed we haven't had a season-ending injury or a career-ending injury or even worse. The NHL's got to do something about this because the players are moving too fast and hitting people too hard and they have to respect the body more or something really, really bad is going to happen. And I understand the pandemic forced Chris Lee and Dan O'Rourke to referee two back-to-back games in Canada, but... 
honestly, I, I'm sure they're nice guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they should do another playoff game. Exactly. And again, we, we've talked about or I've talked about penalties to referees. How do we penalize referees for losing control of the game, for making a bad call, for missing a call? You know, they shouldn't be in this series anymore, for sure. We, and we've had examples now of a couple games where they've let things get out of control. I don't know how you can you can send them back in there and pat them on the back and, you know, oh, keep going, guys. This is going great. Are you ready? Now it's time for Rapid Fire, and let's start with the Montreal-Vegas series. We talked about the major gap by Marc-Andre Fleury in Game 3 that allowed the Canadians to tie the game late and eventually win it in overtime, but we also saw another terrible mistake goal by a goaltender. In the game of soccer, the goalie for Haiti missed a pass back, and the ball went into his own goal against Canada in a World Cup qualifying game. Oh, dangerous at the back from Duverger! Oh my goodness! It's an own goal! Catastrophic mistake by the youngster! He could not have been bigger in that first 45 minutes, and he puts it into his own net! He cannot believe what just happened, and Canada have a goal! Is that the worst play you've ever seen? Be careful your answer. We're we're huge in Port-au-Prince, so be careful what you say here. Guys. I, I love that Just, the Haitian goalie is actually born in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopies! <laughs> Whoops. That, as much as Marc-Andre Fleury's mistake was bad, I think that one was worse. That's bad. Because it was just so bad. It's one thing for me, like, seeing the, the highlights on that, and you would have seen that first on the For Future Considerations uh, social media platforms on Twitter and Instagram, Podcast FFC, and For Future Considerations on Facebook. But to me, if if he was not paying attention or just didn't know the ball was coming, it's one thing. He watched it the whole way. <laughs> like, that was a designed play. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to kick it back to you. You stop and you look around. You boot it halfway down the field, and out we go. He watched it roll in, and there was nothing he could do about it. It was awful. It was awful. It was really bad. Worst play of the day. Worst play of the year. And the NBA playoffs are also in the final four. Who do you guys think will make it to the final? Wow, the big teams are not in it. Can no, you believe I know. that? It's great. And, and what I'm really intrigued by um, is none of these teams have any sort of championship history in the last... 50 years yes. you know yeah. they're talking about the the bucks would have been in the 70s um the suns would have been when they would have been the most recent right well they made it to the final in 93 with steve nash and okay so it would have been in the 2000s or so right but they didn't win it the clippers have never won it like it's it's gonna be a, a brand new brand new champion either way which i'm i'm intrigued by quite a bit uh, kevin durant put on a show it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that he didn't advance because James Harden got hurt. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving wasn't healthy either. But Kevin Durant played a full basketball game without getting subbed out. Yeah, 48 minutes. That's that's remarkable. And and they played two days later, and he almost played the entire game of <laughs> yeah, that one. He did it again. And it went to overtime. <laughs> like, this guy put on a show, so I feel bad for him. I just think he showed how elite he is. Um... I got Giannis and the Bucks versus uh, Booker and the Suns in the final. That would be pretty entertaining. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see that as well. In baseball, Vlad Jr. of the Toronto Blue Jays has announced he will not take part in the home run derby. Are you disappointed by the news? 
I'm not. You know, I, I think he put on a show last year. He lost to Alonzo in the end, like, mm -hmm. but he hit massive amounts. He put on a show last year. He did his part last year. Um, he's going to be there as an all-star, so I think that's great for him. You know, he did his time. Now let's see who else is there. Like Otani, I'm excited to see him in the home yeah, run. Yeah, I'm glad he's he's doing the derby. I think the only thing, like there's there's no requirement for Vlad Jr. to be in there, and, and let me say that off the hop. Um, you know, from the sport of baseball and trying to, you know, draw entertainment, This the home run derby is baseball's biggest night of the year. Uh, not to say that there's any requirement, or I don't know how they would do it, but... I've always thought it should be, like if you, depending on numbers and how many people you want enter it, the top four of each league should be doing it. Like the home manager oh, so should be from the World Series. Like so if, if you have the home run lead at the time of the All Star, you yeah, get to do you the should derby. you should be in it. Um, you know, there's always the, the possibility of injury. There's always the talk of people in changing their swing and and uh you know obviously it's a different type of game but for for baseball i feel like baseball has got to put a little more pressure on on that i think it not to, it's impossible to say that it's required for you to do that because he could just go up there and swing 16 times and walk away but for the betterment of baseball it's it doesn't look good that this kid who's you know should be in the conversation with the tatises and the otanis of like the most exciting players there are in baseball that he's opting out of it to, because he doesn't want to. It's one event. Like, if fans really want to see him, they'll pay the ticket to go see him mm. in a baseball game. And he did his part last year, so I think he's paid his dues. John, you're a Blue Jays fan. Are you disappointed? I've always been a big believer that a player who does really well in the previous season should come back and defend either the title or bragging rights, that type of thing. I always think that you have a bit of an obligation after you have a good season in uh, the home run derby or a slam dunk competition in the NBA. You sort of owe it to the fans to come back the following season. Yeah, like the Josh Hamilton home run derby is is iconic. Brandon Inge's double down the left field line <laughs> derby was great. One of the, the last guys to hit zero home runs uh, in the home run derby. So yeah, it, the home run derby has its moments. And, and you know, baseball is counting on home runs right now more than ever so for for the top guy to not be there is is disappointing for sure alec manoa of the blue jays was also suspended five games by major league baseball and his manager charlie montoyo got a game after manoa threw at mikhail franco of the baltimore orioles last weekend what do you guys think of the suspension so it's an in they ruled it was intentionally thrown at him it comes after he gave up back-to-back -back home runs, so that doesn't look good. Um, the pitch, 94, up around the elbow. If you're going to hit somebody and you're not going to make it hurt, that's probably where you want to put it. So it, there's enough there for, for me to say ah, that was that was a frustration thing. Um, I think the decision, if, if it is, and, and we'll never really know, if you give up back-to-back -back home runs and the only thing you're thinking about is just hitting the next guy because you're mad, that's a big problem for your top pitching prospect. Five games is fine for me because we had that discussion not that long ago. It's really just one for him uh, and uh, a younger guy who you don't want to put too many innings on his arm at this point. Uh, it probably works out pretty well. Charlie Montoya gets a, a day off to, to watch some video. and Yeah, it's, it's fine. I'm, I'm fine with baseball doing that. Yeah, we're sharing the same brain today because I don't think it's a problem. Like, the proof is there. Back-to-back -back jacks, next pitch, 
hit someone, you're only missing one start because you pitch yeah. every five days. I think baseball had to do something. And some football talk. Cole Beasley and his stance on COVID-19 got pushed out of the headlines after Carl Nassib of the Las Vegas Raiders became the first active NFL player to reveal he's gay. What's up, people? I'm Carl Nassib. I'm at my house here in Westchester, Pennsylvania. just want to take a quick moment to say that I'm gay. I've been meaning to do this for a while now, but I finally feel comfortable enough to get it off my chest. Um, I really have the best life. I got the best family, friends, and job a guy could ask for. Um, I'm a pretty private person, so I hope you guys know that I'm really not doing this for attention. Um, I just think that representation and visibility are so important. Um, I actually hope that like one day videos like this and the whole coming out process are just not necessary. Um, but until then, you know, I'm going to do my best and do my part to cultivate a culture that's accepting, that's compassionate. And I'm going to start by donating $100,000 to the Trevor Project. What do you guys think of his decision? Oh, I think it's great. Yeah. Uh, I think it's fantastic because the NFL is one of the most popular sports, not only in the United States, but the entire world. And now there's an active player who says, it's okay to be gay. Mm -hmm. um, and I loved in his Instagram post that he talked about how an adult accepting his sexual orientation decreases the risk of suicide by a youth with the same sexual orientation by 40%. His stance, his decision to come out is going to save lives, mm -hmm. which I think is bigger than the game of sport, game of football. Absolutely. And the donation of the Trevor Project, which does unbelievable work, a $100,000 donation there after him, uh, you know, comes out in, in his video talking about he doesn't want to be the focus. He's not trying to do this for attention or, or anything like that. It's something that needs to be said. Uh, and uh, I think the, the biggest takeaway for me is, is the part of the conversation where he's hoping one day that this isn't, number one, something that anybody feels like they have to announce or, or go through, but that it doesn't really matter. And, and we had this conversation, Manny, before we started recording. You know, Being a, a straight white guy is about as easy as it gets when right. you look at what some of these people have to go through, right? Uh, and, and I mean that in you know somebody that feels like they have to announce on social media that they're they're gay. They've accepted that and they're they're fine with it, but worried in the sense of of the backlash. And I'm sure some important emotional conversations were had between him and his family and his his circle of friends before coming out and and making this announcement. But. You know, great, great for him. I hope it's something that uh, that doesn't go away. I hope it's something that um, is again continued to be brought into the forefront. That it, there's there's nothing wrong with it. There's this is not a big deal. This is who you are. You know, be who you are. Be proud of who you are. And and it does make a difference when it's a, a pro athlete of uh, his kind of um, of echelon to to come out and say that. And and along with it, at the same time, just saying it's. It's fine. It's it's who I am. I love who I am. I'm supported by everybody around me, and that's all that matters. Yeah, hopefully there's a day where this isn't a big of an issue, right? Yeah. That we get to that day in society. I love the fact that his jersey has been the top-selling item across the NFL mm -hmm. since he came out on Monday, according to Fanatics. That's a fantastic story. And the other thing that I liked was the fact that an, a number of prominent NFL players came out in support of him, mm -hmm. which I think is a fantastic message as well as the message that Carl Nassib is making. But 
hopefully it reduces any backlash in the sport period. For sure. There will be. There will be idiots. There will be idiots on the field. There will definitely be idiots in the crowd. But for for me from from sitting here as an impartial fan um him making that announcement and and going through the process of of making that announcement like i said having the conversations he would have had to i truly don't think that that's something he's concerned with and and that's you know the most powerful part of it finally we posted this story on our social media accounts a man had to sit in a waffle house in mississippi for 24 hours after finishing last in his fantasy football league an hour would be deducted from his time for each waffle he ate. The man ended up sitting in the Waffle House for 15 hours. Is that fair or a cruel punishment? All's fair in fantasy football. <laughs> All's fair in fantasy football. Like he's in a Waffle House eating waffles. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fine. How did he only eat nine, though? <laughs> like, I'd be eating... John, you could do 24 <laughs> in in half an hour, John can't is- you? <laughs> Actually, I was at a Waffle House once, and they put some sort of a weird concoction on the waffles. It was like a bluish-pink color, and it was really sweet. It was awful. <laughs> so maybe you John, couldn't <laughs> eat a waffle there. John's done nine waffles by the time I get back from the bathroom. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't have even been able to fill the car up with gas out front of the plane before he comes out wiping his lips. Matt, I've had my five and I eat your four. I hope that's okay. <laughs> John would trade all his good players to finish last and guarantee Who's a spot at the Waffle, waffle House, boys? The only thing, the last thing you'd see as John walks out of there is the owner going to the door and locking it and putting the closed <laughs> sign up. All right, guys, I finished last again. I don't know how that's happened five years in a row. Oh, that, here comes that time again. Manny, I know you're big in, the, in fantasy sports. Do you guys in your league have any sort of penalty like this, or is it just the shame of finishing last? It's just the shame, but I think we should do something. You really should. I think we should do something. I've, like I've seen some of the good ones, and, and I like the, 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 the subtle ones, you know, like you finish last, and the le- rest of the league gets to pick your team name for next year. Mm-hmm. Like, things like that. It's it's pretty funny. This is this is a real good one. Yeah, <laughs> I this like is this great. one quite a bit. I I've been in a league before that uh, if you finish last, you have to wear um, you have to wear a, a, a jersey of the team that okay. somebody else picked on draft night on the very next year. Okay, that's so you have good. to sit there and if if you're if you're a Cowboys fan, you have to wear an Eagles jersey, oh, for that's example. Good. That's in, good in football. I don't know. I think we can just grab some Tito's and do a bunch of shots, or <laughs> maybe get uh, the Rocks tequila. For every loss in the season, you got to do a shot. John, you in? <laughs> Sounds good. I'm in. I'm, I'm, I'm drafting Jerry Rice first overall if, if we're doing shots for for free here. Send me to the Waffle House, boys. And if anyone listening has any ideas for punishments for fantasy sports, definitely let us know. And uh, you can always email us with your feedback, show ideas, and questions at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. Yeah, follow us on social media as well, for Future Considerations on Facebook, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. The biggest social media channel in Edinburgh, I understand. I was just looking at some numbers there. We're huge, huge in Edinburgh. We also want to thank our sponsors, London Awnings, Quality That Shows. And Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sports training. And Shane's just huge. Huge. <laughs> We're huge in Edinburgh. Shane is just huge. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not because of the Waffle House. Do, do no. with that what you will. Oh, there's a joke there, and I'm not going to make it. <laughs> if you missed our previous shows, you can always go back and listen to our interviews with people like Rocky Thompson and Jared Maidens, and most recently, Mike K. Cook from AM800 Broadcasting fame. Yeah, remember, we have another show coming out this week, too, called The OT. It's our second show of the week. This week, we will be joined by Ethan Burroughs of the Owen Sound Attack. And that's going to be great to talk to him as he prepares for the NHL draft. Also talking about his time at the Junior Showcase that uh, just wrapped up in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I understand uh, Rashad is going to be spending the next couple days at a Cracker Barrel. So we'll (laughs) find out (laughs) how that goes. Between... between Olive Garden, Cracker oh, Barrel, man. and Waffle House, he is set up. I'm hungry. Let's get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, until then, thanks for joining us, and thanks for listening to Four Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.